From the President's office in the White House in Washington, D.C., we present an address by the President of the United States, Dwight D. Eisenhower. In holding scientific research and discovery in respect, as we should, we must also be alert to the equal and opposite danger that public policy could itself become the captive of a scientific, technological elite. Welcome to The Last American Vagabond. I've been looking forward to this interview for a while. Joining me today is Steve Kirsch, who is a truth teller, critical thinker, and founder of COVID-19 Early Treatment Fund, here to discuss. I mean, really needs no introduction, to be honest. I think we've all seen his excellent work in regard to pushing back on this narrative the entire time. One of the voices that's been standing up for this from, from very early on, and I think that is very important as this gets further and further away from how this all started. So Steve is here to discuss quite a bit around the illusion that is the COVID-19 narrative, specifically around the injection, around excess mortality, and plenty of other interesting things. How are you today, Steve? Thank you for being here. It's good to, good to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, my pleasure. We, we've had a couple of overlaps on the AM Wake Up Show and, and different conversations. And I've been looking forward just to, to kind of picking your brain and having a good conversation about this stuff. Because as I said right there in the beginning, I, I don't it's, it's not even so much about like I was right and I want credit for it. It's about understanding the difference between somebody who is able to apply critical thinking at a time when it's not popular. Right. In an, in an area where people are pushing back or propaganda is taking the day. And there was a lot of people like I, I give a lot of credit to, to Dr. Bhakti who early on was speaking very strongly about how dangerous these things were. And, and, you know, the people today arguing that they were guessing, it's just, I don't, it's, it's a hollow argument. And so I just want to give credit where it's due for people that are standing up early and, and doing it when it's, you know, the most difficult time to do so. So thank you for, yeah. for joining me today. Yeah. I have a lot of arrows in my back. There are a lot of people <laughs> who stood up, stood up early yeah. uh, uh, yeah. for this. I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be among those people. And, and I think as, as you should be, I think it's an important thing to, to see how this has been going forward. And, you know, I, I do think it's important that we're beginning to, I guess, I don't want to say lose trust in the medical industry, but that we should, always should have been questioning every choice that's being made, you know? So I, yeah. I want to, well, I wanna, well, well, oh, after this is all over, we'll have lost trust <laughs> or I we think, should have, yeah, you know, I but, think but what here. happens of course, is that they get it back really quickly and we forget really quickly about how we were misled. You know, it's so the smoking is a good example, Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> there were doctors promoting smoking cigarettes. Right. Right. And, but we don't remember that. We think we trust the doctors, but come on. <laughs> they told us to smoke cigarettes right. and yet today we still trust them. So the same thing's going to happen here. You know, it's going to, it's going to turn out that, you know, we killed half a million or more Americans uh, with these COVID shots and people will be uh, pretty upset about that. And then five years from now, it'll all be gone and we'll be trusting doctors again. And the same thing will repeat itself over and over again. You know, that's what's going to happen. I I, sadly, I I mean, I I hope that's not the case, but sadly, I agree with with your rightful pessimism in this direction because we've seen this happen over and over. Right. It's almost critical. You know, we we learned from history that it happens over and over. They they abuse our trust and they they kill a lot of people by giving us advice that's really bad that they should have known better. And then we forgive them because, oh, of course, how could they have known? But here it was so obvious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was is obvious. I'm not even a, I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I'm just an, uh, uh, a guy with a couple of degrees from MIT in electrical engineering, and computer science. <laughs> and Oh, that, that's friend, small stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, my friends started dropping dead after these vaccines. And it's like, wait a second here. Like, somebody's lying to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you have any ounce of critical thinking left in your brain, you can't, you, you can't look the other way on this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like when I told Bobby, I asked Bobby Kennedy, I interviewed Bobby Kennedy recently. I asked him, hey, do you have any regrets? You know, you were this environmentalist and everybody loved you. And then you switched over to being anti-vax. And now everybody, you know, wants to disown you. Do you have any regrets? And uh, he said, I had no choice. That was a great answer. 
He had yeah. no choice, right? Because he, he saw, when he saw the data, he said, man, they're killing people. Mm-hmm. And I can't just go back to fighting for the environment when this much greater harm is being done to people. Yeah, I, I agree. And exactly. And it just becomes a moral obligation, you know? Uh, so I, I wasn't actually going to start here, but since you opened with that, we can go back. I want to, I want to get into the, 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 um, blanking on the name all of a sudden the early treatment fund and how that started. But you, I was just listening to you on the spaces conversation you were on before you, before we joined. And, and I think that's why that's fresh on your mind. So I actually want to poke into that a bit and it, it, it it's going to be perceived as pessimism or just having, you know, a negative outlook. But at the end of the day, historically speaking, as we just described, when we keep seeing revelations, peer reviewed science, other, you know, things that show us, as you were mentioning, autopsies or groundbreaking reports that show you there's a problem and nothing changes, you know, as is kind of where I was going to end with the show today. But let's just start with that. Like, what what do you think we need to be doing in this moment? Or is it even are we even capable of change with this system the way it is now? Well, what we should be doing is looking at the data. And of course, of course what these <laughs> you, you, you go on Twitter spaces and you talk to uh, people like Eugene Gu, and he says, well, the only tr- data I trust is large studies. And, and then he, and then, and then in not quite the same breath, when, when you bring up a study, which he doesn't agree with, he says, well, for every study you bring up, there are like 10 counter studies. Well, but you, you what are you doing? You, you're picking and choosing which studies right. you believe and which right. studies you don't believe. And then I asked him about anecdotal evidence. He says, I don't trust anecdotal evidence. I said, okay. So if you get the vaccine to 10, 10 of your patients and all 10 patients drop dead after within one hour after they got the vaccine, you still trust the vaccine and give it to the, the, the next 10 patients? And he said, no, no, I would, I would pause um, for a minute and then I would you know, talk to my colleagues and my colleagues were seeing the same thing. Then I, w- I would stop uh, giving uh, the vaccine. And I said, oh, so you do trust the anecdotal data, don't you? Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's uh, these people are very inconsistent. Yes, I agree. I agree. Well, I mean, what, what's interesting is even what he said there is not even accurate, especially not right now, maybe in some cases. But my big point that I keep making is where we're at right now, th- the tables have flipped. I mean, we're at a point now where the, I think the body of peer reviewed science and the consistency with which they continue to find at the very least something that challenges the main narrative, especially around the booster, rather the bivalent injection, the new version. And I, I don't think that's accurate. Like you could take, for instance, like uh, I mean, any number of these topics, and it's not 10 to 1 at the very least, that you'll find right now, I think it's beginning to tilt the other direction. That's kind of where I think to that first point is it at what point is it are we just realizing that they're just trusting the narrative and nothing else? And and no matter how much data and science peer reviewed directly from the CDC, directly from isn't going to make a difference. What do we do? Well, it'll change when the CDC says the uh, we screwed up. The vaccines aren't safe. (laughs) And then. Instantly, everybody will say, oh, oh, we were sorry, we were wrong. The vaccines aren't safe. But you see, the only thing that changed is one person's opinion. But I guarantee you, like, do you have any doubts at all that if the CDC came out tomorrow and said, we goofed, um, there are serious safety issues. We made a miscalculation. Sorry, folks. Um, These vaccines are 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 super dangerous and, and we should stop them immediately. Do you think any physician in America is going to oppose them? Exactly. And, and it shows the, abs- the absurdity of the entire process. Right, and- right. You know, they were saying, oh, well, we trust the science. We trust the science. We trust the science. And wow. But the science can change in a nanosecond if the CDC says something different. You don't have to wear masks, you know, Which- or masks should be required, right? As soon as the CDC says masks should be required, every physician in the entire universe says, well, of course, mass, mass should be required. Mm-hmm. But Which, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait a minute. There is no new science. Yes, thank you. And yet exactly. these people are saying, trust the say I'm a doctor. I look at the these, you know, <laughs> studies and I concluded that. But, but the way they react is they take direction. They're basically sheep. Which, which ultimately, which seems, I mean, which I don't even feel like I need to point at this, but just in case you're missing it, which means they're not trusting the science. They've always been trusting what the CDC says 
it, so the narrative, right? I think this was accentuated very clearly when I forget what reporter it was pushed back on KJP in the press briefing about whether or not they knew what the variant was. Uh, how do you know that it's Delta? And her argument was because the CDC told us. And he pushed back. He goes, yeah, I know they told you that, but how do you know that that's it? And she just, her argument was simply because they told us that was the reality. And so it shows you that at a core level from the White House down, the media, these people are just following what they're told. And they, this is my big point. They actually believe that is trusting the science. Not that they think, you know, that's what the interesting part for me is. But I guess the point is we just need to keep doing what we're doing and keep sharing the information and keep batting this down. Because I do believe we're making a difference. I, I just, I think that's an important reality that no matter how, hard they stick to the narrative and push back that people are waking up to this because of your work and i think that's important yep but let, let's go back to the very beginning of this and i want to start with in general the the uh the covid19 early treatment fund for those who don't know how this started for you in the co- co- context of covid can you explain what that was why you got into it and then essentially at what point maybe from the very beginning you began to feel that there was something amiss here with the whole process the narrative the injections yeah um, well, it started for me when, uh, my company was, uh, uh, sort of locked down and, you know, they said everybody, you know, should work from home and, uh, you know, that was the guidance from the authorities and, you know, what do we know? Right. Cause we're just supposed to trust these guys. So I was stuck home with my wife and, um, not a bad thing. And, uh, um, I'm getting a call right now. Um, it was like, what could, what could I do to make a difference? My, my, my wife was sewing masks, believe it or not. And I didn't like sewing. So I was looking for something else to get out of sewing. And, uh, <laughs> I started talking to scientists and they said, Hey, uh, early treatments, fastest, safest, uh, cheapest way to end the pandemic. And that's what you should be doing is, uh, working on early treatments and funding early treatments. So I put in a million dollars of my own money and I raised fi- another 5 million and, started funding scientists doing early treatment like fluvoxamine. And I got featured on 60 minutes for fluvoxamine and, and fluvoxamine works. And that includes things like ivermectin and that's yeah, the yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then of course the FDA then, you know, totally dismissed it saying, well, you know, it wasn't, you know, there was uh, one, uh, there was phase two trial and then there was a, ran- a, a sort of pseudo randomized trial, uh, real world trial where the people who are the sickest opted for the drug and the people who are the healthiest opted for no treatment. Mm-hmm. And, the people who opted for the drug were like way better off than the people who opted for uh, no treatment. And the FDA said, well, it wasn't a randomized trial. Yeah, it wasn't randomized, but all the super sick people went for the drug. It's, it's like, if I can win in a scenario like that, man, that is definitive. That is, there's, there's no question at all, but they weren't interested they said, it's not a randomized trial, so we will ignore your result because we are the FDA and we are real scientists and real scientists only use randomized trials. And huh, who cares if, you know, it's like, it's like, suppose I had a trial where everyone who had cancer went for the cancer cure and people who didn't have cancer went for the placebo. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the trial, everyone who went for the placebo got cancer and everyone who went for everyone who had cancer and went for the cure was cured. They would say that's not a randomized trial and therefore we don't believe your evidence. It's ultimately I mean, cherry picking from it's them. It's unbelievable how stupid these people are at the FDA. I mean, you know, it really is. I'm not going to make any friends here, but it's <laughs> really I mean, they have to have their uh 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 they're, they're not mentally there. You know, and you can't talk to them either. You communicate in writing to these people and they, right. then they write you back pages and pages. And it's really well done, actually. You know, I mean, I'm really impressed with the, with the quality of the response, but it's all bullshit. I mean, it's basically said, well, we can't approve you for an EUA because you have to come in with a drug manufacturer, even though it's been a generic that's been on the market for 30 years, 50 years. Even though it's a generic drug that's been on the market for 50 years, we can't approve it on an EUA unless you you come in with a drug company. And no drug company would come in with with us on it, even if we paid them. (laughs) So 
the whole thing, the game is stacked against you. They're not about saving wives. You know, they're, they're not about, oh, you know, hey, let's, let's get a rule passed in Congress so we can do this. No, not well, the goal. Let's follow, let's, let's follow the rules and randomize phase three trials. I mean, it, it's like turning a crank. It's the, the, the thinking is gone. Well, there's a couple of points to be made there. Obviously, I mean, so they're pushing back on this at a time where they clearly are allowing other completely experimental, untested things to be used, but that one's not okay. It's contradictory, obviously, which is the point you're making as well. But random control trials, obviously, those are the gold standard. But we've seen throughout this process that they've regularly pointed to preprints and so on as many times as they want when they want to do so. But I think what's important is that not necessarily that they just say, well, it's not random controlled trial, but that they say they use that excuse. But then where was the follow-up? Obviously, you had a finding that was relevant. The point is they use that as an excuse to dismiss this, but there's obviously a relevant finding there. I just think that's it shows you that there was a clear plan, in my opinion, that was laid out before this, and anything that deviated was shut down. I think that's been clear the whole time. Would you agree with that? Um, I think that these people were really um, uh, misled. So, so you do think that it's more of a misunderstanding? I don't don't think there's there's this conspiracy theory, right? That 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 these people are conspiring. That that look, the people who work at the FDA and the people who work at the CDC are basically sheep. And if you're a non-sheep, if you're a non-conformist sheep, you really get frustrated and leave, Mm. or they fire you. So you have now this conformity of sheep. Well, when you, say, when you say it's not the conspiracy theory, is that what you just described is what I was thinking. So when you say conspiracy theory, what was yeah, well, Okay, whatever. Yeah, I, the point is that the people who work at the CDC aren't trying to kill people, right? There isn't this, like, everybody at CDC, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to nail these people. We're going to, you know, how many people are we going to kill this week, right? It's not like that at all, right? All these people think that I'm the bad guy and that I should be deplatformed and I should be censored and all this stuff. And they think they're doing God's work by saving the American public and making sure that that people know the truth about the vaccines, how safe and effective they are, even when they're killing people, because these, none of these people have any clue whatsoever as to the risk benefit. I mean, look, I talked to doctors (laughs) that I respect and the, the best of them, of course, realize what's going on, Mm -hmm. but the guys who I respect who don't say, you know, we don't really know. I, I haven't really seen good data showing me that the that the vaccines are, you know, doing good. I think they are, and so that'll be my default thing. But it's all it should always be. Hey, here's what the CDC is saying. Here's what the evidence is. It's kind of ambiguous, Mister Patient. You need to make up your mind because I, re, you know, I can just tell you what the evidence is, but it's it's your choice. It's 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 a gray area. And that'd be a responsible way to do it if I was a physician and, and I was not looking at the data. But once you look at the data, like you cannot explain this data. Okay. So let me ask you something. It's never consistent with the hypothesis of safe and effective. hundred percent. And I think this is the most obvious part of this. Now I'm with you hundred percent. And I actually appreciate your objectivity in this because I don't like that people will, you know, oh, it's about depopulation. It's like, well, you know, I'll always say, certainly possible i mean there's always things are possible out there but i don't there's no smoking gun yeah exactly and i'm with you on that we can't prove that that is exactly the point it could be a byproduct that it was planned let's put it that way so i but i i do appreciate that however based on what we just went through though couldn't you argue though that aside from the subjective theories about why that clearly there's some kind of foreknowledge here there's some kind of coordination whether if they may think they're doing it for different reasons yes but but the same thing ultimately at the end of the day when when the end result well, they're doing it in coordination because they have these planning exercises because right, they're, right. of course, try, they're trying to protect the public. And I believe that 99.999% of the people involved truly believe they are protecting the public and they think that giving the World Health Organization, you know, all the keys to the kingdom for how to deal with the next pandemic is going to save lives. The, the decision makers who believe that should have their heads examined. I mean, yeah. there's, I mean, I, there's I no agree. other way to, 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 to put that nicely, so but that is, the, that is the most insane thing I, it, it, well, maybe I shouldn't say it's the most insane thing. I've heard of a lot of insane things, but it's, you know, it's one of the most insane things I've ever heard that you're going to 
delegate authority for dealing with the pandemic to an organization who's clueless. I mean, look, I tried to to bring the fluvoxamine to the attention of the World Health Organization. Hey, it's cheap. Gen- it's a cheap generic drug that reduces your your chance of death significantly. In fact, vitamin D is even better. <laughs> but, right, right. <laughs> but you know, fluvoxamine, right? And they said, "Don't contact us again." Wow, that's it. Right, and that's, that's and did right the there. World Health Organization ever spend a dime? On, er, on sponsoring early treatment protocols with ivermectin or fluvoxamine or... No! Right. They didn't spend a single dime right. on any of this stuff. It's so me, really let annoying. This. Let me ask you this. So I, I'm, I'm with you on literally everything there. Maybe, you know, just disputing whether the percentages can be like, you know, we can't know, but... The, do you think that it's possible? Oh, no, I know. We can know. We can know. If you look at the percentage, I'm, I'm saying that some scientists who haven't looked at the data mm-hmm. are clueless because they haven't looked at the data. So they said, I mean, I mean, the percentage I haven't seen any what? data, blah, blah, blah. But I've I seen mean, plenty of data. And the only way you can explain <laughs> that data is if these vaccines are killing massive numbers of people. There's no I other agree. way to, to, to fit the data. I agree. What what I mean though is the percentage on on their intent, like whether or not they know they're doing this to protect people, they think they're doing it to protect people, or whether like I'm not even going the other direction and whether or not they're like back there going we're going to do this, but like the grouping of people that might be allowing what you see and they see it because of a l- numerous reasons, because they're afraid to speak out, because they've been they're pressured by their peers. You, like, do you think there's a level of that? Because that that's the level of conspiracy theory that my mind goes to. That that gets labeled as such, but I think it's obvious. We can see, ca- uh, you know, it, uh, uh, agency capture here, regulatory capture here. We can see a lot of different things happening, and that's the level that even today, as you know, gets called conspiracy theory, even though it's very, very plausible and even provable in many cases. So, what do you think? Do you think the, what level of it do you think is involved with at that point? Because there has to be somebody that's aware that this is happening, because we see the data; it's very clear, and then choosing not to do something about it. That's where yes. I take it. That's a big yeah, deal. But, 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 but you see, we don't think like they think. They're sheep. They're trained to be sheep. They're trained to follow the CDC and trust the CDC and distrust mm-hmm. anybody who waves anecdotal data. And they say, uh, you know, and the, the, they're all trained to say, they, you say, well, look at this anecdotal data. He said, well, but the plural of anecdote is anecdotes. It's not data. And it's bullshit, right? They're, they're trained with this mindset that allows them to accept everything in these uh, phase three trials as the truth and to ignore any, any evidence in front of them. So it's like the, you and I operate in, in a different uh, manner because we are not trained to think like sheep. Right. right? I agree. I agree. We're not, 100%. we're not trained to sheep, you know? And so these people are trained to think like sheep and believe me, I mean, I've talked to plenty of doctors who are in larger practices and, they, the doctors, this doctor, right, fully realizes what's going on. And he's in a practice with four other physicians. And he's, he's like, I can't convince these people. It's like talking to Crazy. a wall. They're not listening to anything I'm saying. They believe it's safe and effective. They're taking the vaccines themselves. I mean, there is no more. That's, that's, you know, I, I would have pushed right, back. Right? Like maybe- that's what the, but that's what they're, you know, that's I what's happening. Yeah. They, and they see the patients dying in front, you know. Patient gets the vaccine. He's dead 24 hours later. He's 24 years old and he dies in his sleep. Now, the, the blue pill physicians, they just say, Poof, that doesn't prove anything. There's no cause and effect there. They, we, it has to be proven in a randomized trial to see if the, the vaccine is really killing people. Whereas the red pill physician says, what, you know, I'm not giving my back. I'm not giving this vaccine to any of That's like, that's a black swan. Right. And, and so there are two ways to, to look at this. And the, the, these guys are trained to ignore the evidence in plain sight. Yeah, I agree. I, I just, again, posit, I, I argue that there are at some level, can't know the percentage of people that for whatever reason we want to discuss, because who knows intent are choosing to let this go. And I think that's the biggest problem here. And that's that's I think at some level, I, I mean, it has to be at some level at the top down because the information's there and it's being and it's and I think the whole point here is that this thing continues to march forward 
despite the evidence. And I, you brought up the uh, the phase three trial. And I know you're from you saw the, 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 the reanalyzing of that data. And I just saw this today. Actually, Dr. Maholcher shared this another another very high level. Th- this is uh, Joseph Freeman. I believe you pronounce it. He's the one calling again on top of this for the immediate yeah. suspension of all of them due to his reanalysis. So on that point alone, how you know, how do you how does it's at least highly likely that it was that how is it possible Pfizer and, and these groups went through that data and found something so starkly different than what he found looking at the same information just in your well opinion. so what's going on here is, and and I know uh, Joe Freeman and we talk a lot and I have a lot of respect for Joe and you know I I, I need to maybe I should spend more time to, to fully red pill him uh, but it's it, doesn't matter at this point because he's come out against the vaccines, which he should have, uh, which is he has the right position. I wish he had done that earlier. Right. But you know his rationale is: look, you know these vaccines are not saving any lives, and and they're just causing harm, and um, the the variants is that they go against is long gone, and um, yada 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 yada. Hey, we've been saying, for and then it's not <laughs> killing anyone. You know, uh, Omicron's not killing anyone. It's much less dangerous. People aren't dying. What are we doing an, an, an intervention which, you know, can potentially kill people? And so he says the risk benefit has changed over time, not originally, but he said changed now. So he's coming out. So you have to, you, you know, it, it wasn't like he can't, he said, oh, the evidence was clear back then that we shouldn't have deployed the vaccine. What he's saying is that the evidence is clear now. That we should stop it. Now he's correct, but I agree. He also should have said we should have stopped it very early on. Um, Let's book on that right there. Then, so same point. Do you think that? I mean, okay, again. So if he's able to see the data now, then that means then he should be able to see the same thing with the way again. The the argument. No, 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 no. Because the 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 data has changed. Right, Omicron is less. Like, do you know anyone who's died from Omicron? Well, I mean, that's a huge, I mean, who know, who does? I mean, we, we do you personally take, know anyone who died from Omicron. Well, I, the point being is I don't believe what's being stated that people are dying from what they say is Omicron, but I, I personally don't to be, to clear answer. Yeah, but even yeah. if I did, I wouldn't trust that it was Omicron. They died. From right, 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 right. I'm just saying, I'm just saying like, like I'm like not seeing the bodies and I just oh, came right, back right. from the hospital. Right? right. I just came back from the hospital. And so I walk up and, uh, and say, Hey, can you tell me where the COVID ward is? I said, nope, can't, can't tell you. Secret. I said, well, can I, you know, can I stand outside of it? You know, and nope. And I said, well, can I talk to someone? Yep, we can send you a nurse from the COVID ward to the front door. So we're not going to disclose the secret location where we're hiding all the bodies. And so you can't see, they won't let you in to go and see where the patients are. They won't let you talk to the patients. They won't let you in. It is, it's just locked down. It's a secret. Hmm. I mean, to, to your point though, I, I ultimately, I, I don't think that we are being, from the very beginning of this, I don't believe that the information showed what they said it did. And that's the point about the phase three information is that we're looking at the the trials from the beginning. The reality being that these things I argue, and Dr. Dr. Bakhti, for example, also argued in May of 2020, I think more March actually, that these are dangerous from top to bottom, right? So my point is that why this person at this point can see that now, but isn't able to see that in the information that was present from the beginning. Do you think that, it, I mean, you, you seem to suggest that you agree that it was dangerous from the beginning. Is that, is that correct? Or, no okay. question. Okay, so I, I'm just- But you see, the problem is that what I do is I go and look at the data and I understand how to interpret the data and I, spend, and I work at it, right? And I got full-time, I quit my job, quit my day job, I do nothing uh, but, you know, look at, at data and try to understand, did I get it wrong mm-hmm. or did I get it right? And so I'm looking at the data full time. Now, a physician, he's got his practices. I got, you know, 20 patients to see today. Oh, shit, I'm so tired. I got to get to bed. You know, he's like not going to be spending his time looking at the various system. He's not going to be taking 100 right. random various reports and saying, hmm, these guys seem to like, you know, he's not spending the time to educate himself. So he's got very little inflow, and the only people he trusts is the CDC. So he's exactly. only hearing, That's you know, the the propaganda from the CDC, and he doesn't have time to do any of his own research. And so he's not going to change his mind. Like, but I I didn't trust the CDC when when I when my friends started dying. It's like someone's lying to me, 
And right. I'm not going to trust anyone. I'm going to, I'm going to look at what the data says and I'm going to see how it matches up because how can my friend get the shot? And two minutes later, he's got a heart attack. I mean, it wasn't two minutes before the shot. It's two minutes after the shot. Right. I mean, that's like the most amazing coincidence in the world or the shots are killing people. And then you get these stories from this funeral home in, uh, New, I think it's New Zealand, uh, where, 95% of the bodies mm. got the vax within two weeks. What do you think? You think maybe you think hot now well, that's either the most amazing coincidence ever, Ryan, mm-hmm. or the vaccines are causing death. Now, if you talk to a quote, real scientist, they say, Oh, <laughs> that's just an anecdote and correlation doesn't mean causation. Which is true. <laughs> to which I say, yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> but if it wasn't the vaccine, what caused those people to die? Right. That's and of course, then they say, well, I, th- then, but then their answer is, well, I don't know, but it wasn't the vaccine. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> like, I mean, I've always argued, of course, you could rule out possibilities, even though you haven't found the solution. But the point is that they haven't done that. And they just go, well, we don't know what it is, like with collapsing athletes, but we, we know, know it's not this. It's like, come on, that's. It's, yeah, it, it, it can't be the vaccine. It has to be something else that we haven't discovered yet. Yeah, and look, Ryan, they could be right because I did an analysis and I found out that, do you know that everybody who's dying suddenly has something in common other than the vaccine? What is it? Go ahead. <laughs> they all believed what the CDC said, that the vaccines were safe and effective. You see, you it has nothing to do with the fact that they oh, were vaccinated. I did see your post on that. <laughs> it's total It's total mental. Right. That, was the, that is the cause. It was their mental, mentally they have shifted. And so it was the mentally that, that it's the cause of their problems. It's, it's all, they're all imagining this. They're all imagining that they're dying. Yeah, I, I, I have a very important point to add to the, to the percentage there in general. And I think this is, I, I, so in, in the New Zealand case you're talking about, they're arguing that 95% of them died within the first two weeks or after the first two weeks. I wasn't, no. I wasn't able to pluck that out when I saw the it, discussion. So, so imagine you're a funeral home mm-hmm. and somebody comes in and dumps a hundred bodies at your door and says, you know, we need these people buried. Okay. You look at them and you look at, okay, what was their vaccination date? You'll, you'll find that 95% of, of the people were vaccinated with the COVID vaccine within two weeks of their death. Right. Right. It's exactly. Okay. That's what I want to clarify. Cause they, right. I, I'm sure you're familiar with the breakdown of how these things are used. And this is what I, this is why and I know you probably know this, but for those that are new in general that, and this is the, a way back uh, archive version of the Alberta breakdown, which they deleted after the fact, but want a piece of this but you can see that all cases hospitalizations and deaths are documented as unvaccinated or diagnosed within two weeks of the first dose scotland actually does 21 days and this is what they deleted from alberta if you haven't seen this you'll find this very relevant that they're they broke down that the vast majority of all cases hospitalizations and deaths occur within the first 21 days and that's the category we just described which is being declared unvaccinated even the correct uh, Al- yep good you have comments on? i just yep. think that's very important yeah. I know you're aware no. of this, but if you want to add to that, I think that's, you know, people would love your insight on that. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> all in the definitions, isn't it? Yeah. Every it's all in the defi- well, if you, if you die within two weeks of the vaccine, and you're killed by the vaccine, you're considered an unvaccinated death. And then you combine. So that it looks it. like, it looks like all these unvaccinated people are dying because of the definition of unvaccinated. And the craziest it's part very is the misleading. numbers they're talking about because of like right now it's clear that they're now even admitting that most of the va- or the per- majority of deaths are vaccinated. That's even while that's still happening. I think that's crazy. And still yeah. we have PCR false positives and the combination of other things. It's it's an illusion. I mean, it, it, that doesn't mean that it's not partly what they're saying. I, I, I challenge all of it. But the definition of illusion is what we're watching because parts of these are very clearly gamed. I I think that's quite obvious. And the, the risk part of that is one of the, the focus for me in general. And so let's talk about the excess death, because I know you're real. That's something you've talked about a lot. And I think that this is one of the moving parts in all of this that really reveal that the first of all, the willful 
I, I say cover up, but the willful ignorance around what this is showing the gigantic elephant in the room, but it shows you that there is something clearly causing these problems. So what are your thoughts in general on the excess death, non COVID in pretty much every country and the correlation with the injection and so on. So I want your, your take on that. It's, it's very clear. <clears throat> uh, Norman Fenton did an analysis. He said, well, what could be the cause? Cause it be, could it be, they didn't have access to medical care because they were locked down um, you know, so he went through all the, the, the excuses. Mm-hmm. The only thing that was correlated is the vaccination. Isn't that amazing? What a surprise. Yeah. Right, right. Well, so in general, though, the excess. So again, this same kind of point we we're talking about at the beginning. How do we dis- how do we explain that all of these people are willing to ignore whether it's collapsing athletes, whether it's the excess death, the obvious overlap? Just take the collapsing athletes, for example. It's clearly stated that this can cause myocarditis. We know that pre-COVID myocarditis was a leading cause of athletes collapsing. That's been previous studies. I've shown these peer-reviewed and so on before we got here. So how is it possible these people can push back? I mean, you know, I just your take in general on how these people are willing. Like, are they choosing to ignore this in your opinion or not? Like, where do you? Where, no, no, where no. no. They said, well, you don't know for a fact that all these athletes were vaccinated. And oh, look, death rates in athletes were going up before. The vaccines rolled out. So this is just a continuation and you have no proof that all these, these athletes who are dying uh, were vaccinated or proof that the vaccine actually killed them. Could have been global warming, could have been, you know, whatever. I I find that something else could have been something else that, that they have in common. There's no paper in the peer reviewed literature saying their, their cause of death. So we just don't know. This is scientific mystery. Let's not jump to conclusions because the the uh, the vaccines are safe and effective because the trials said they were. And so people have this thing in their mind that they totally take the possibility that the vaccines, that they could have been lied to. Like that isn't even a question. And I've had people, uh, these doctors in these fertility clinics, which go, which they'll go and, and they'll look at the data and, and they'll, they'll look at, wow. This person got vaccinated and, you know, their yield is like super low and they were producing, you know, super high before and can't figure it out. I wonder what the cause would be. Let's look for commonality. And then they, they throw up their hands and they say, I can't figure this out. I can't figure it out what, what it is. But they never even consider that the vaccination status could have something to do with it. It's just not one of the parameters where you even look at it. It's like, it's as if, hey, it, it, suppose it's like the, the earth, earth, earth is flat, right? So if you think the earth is flat because you look out and you see, well, you know, I can see for a distance, the earth can't be round. And it, 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 it's like you're not even going to consider the fact that the earth is round or you're not going to even consider the fact that maybe the universe isn't revolving around the earth. Maybe the earth is revolving around the sun. Right. And so you just don't open your mind to these possibilities. You look for everything else except um, these things because you think they're so implausible because, look, the vaccine has to be safe and effective because it was totally tested. So therefore, we have to look for something else. So when people are having these miscarriages, they're being told that oh, you have a uh, genomic issue or... Uh, it's just bad luck. You know, we, we, we see this occasionally. It's happening in the clinic. <clears throat> and, you know, one out of 150,000 births are um, deformed, have birth defects or whatever. And, uh, you know, you just got unlucky. Oh, you just got cancer. Oh, cancer happens. Shit happens. Right. So there's always the alternate explanation. Right. For this. Oh, you just got CJD. Hey, happens to one in a million uh, people every year, but it's not zero. And, you know, we know autism. Oh, your kid got autism a week after they got the shot and they were perfectly healthy before. Coincidence. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, it, this is this is why I, I truly and they truly believe it and they truly believe it. Right. I, I truly I, believe I, it. I, I think it's willful ignorance in some level as well, like yeah, whether you're hiding from this. But the, the this I, is where I point to the emergency use authorization conversation, which if you want, you can speak on this if you if you've got some insight on the, you know, 
the idea that we know as a matter of fact, classically, that the emergency use authorization discussion is it means they don't have all the information. That's what that actually means. And they're, they're saying we, the known benefits outweigh the known risks. And yet it's being pointed at still under that same guise as if we have all the information. So, you know, again, there's so many factors in this that show you that. So <coughs> would you, do you have any thoughts on the emergency use authorization <coughs> and the idea that they have the, the approvals on the shelf and how it's even illegal at this moment that they even have an emergency use authorization? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, there's an emergency. Joe well, Biden just extended the emergency. Right. Like, Ryan, don't you go to the hospitals and see the people dying in the streets and the stories in the newspapers? Uh, when was the last time you saw a story in the newspaper about the hospitals being overfilled? Right. Because it's not happening. I mean, it's it, not it, happening. It, yeah. I, I, I debate right. whether the, really was. We can't figure out where the darn emergency is. And Biden himself came out and said, it's over. Right. He said right. the pandemic is over. He just re-signed the emergency, extending the emergency to what, right. like April? Yeah, 90 days after the 11th, yeah. And then they, they it's, often it's miss like, that. Yeah, it's like, come on. I mean, <laughs> where is the freaking emergency? Right. I, I can't. I, I have been looking at it. Please, please, folks, I'm a misinformation spreader. I need to, I, I do not see the emergency, but help me <laughs> you know please help me tell me where the emergency is i don't see it yeah statistically speaking pre-covid19 and all the metrics they had before that were barely at like a level one level two ever have been and it just shows you have the redefining of all this but speaking of a misinformation spreader i wanted to ask you about your your engagement with the twitter spaces field in general and i, I i've had a hard time with this so far in the the dynamic and and like it's great to have everybody giving their opinions but you you end up being in these spaces where people are saying things that you're like like you almost feel like you have to step in and be like that's not true that's not you know but then all these things get stated and then you're a part what are your thoughts on that process so far and do you feel it's changing opinions say so i've seen you take a part in a lot of them yeah so i do it because i've been trying to get a debate to show people that these guys can't defend their arguments right and so when there are people showing up saying, oh, I'll defend the pro-narrative side and you can debate them and show people that they're full of shit. Um, I don't know if I could say that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> great. <laughs> um, what happens is that they'll, they'll go and, you know, like uh, uh, Lisa Dunn will, will say all these things that are all wrong, right? And then... You'll go through them one by one methodically, and then they'll interrupt you mm. on each one, saying, "No, no, no, you, you don't understand." I, you know, so what needs to happen in these spaces is we need to stick to one topic, mm -hmm. and we need to get an explanation. So, for example, there are fifteen thousand excess deaths in VARES, and nobody in the world can explain. If it was not the vaccine that killed these people, what did? Because I've looked at the VAERS reports. All of these VAERS reports, I mean, you know, there, there, there are a few that you can't, you can't tell, right? But none of them are inconsistent with a, a vaccine-caused death. Mm -hmm. That's how they got in VAERS in the first place, because people thought, yeah, you know, might be, might be associated. Right. And... There's no way that any of these people, and that I'm using people, I don't think they're <laughs> a very low respect for these people. Mm -hmm. There's no way they can explain that. So Lisa Dunn, for example, in Twitter spaces, she says, oh, it's just over-reporting. People are, are reporting more because they're more aware. You know, and she's, she's, you know, explaining it to the public, how anyone can report to the bearish system and blah, blah, blah. She's just, it's like party line. Right. The same old argument. It's like, it's like, Lisa, so where's your evidentiary basis for making that claim? Right. Seeing as how that's always been the way oh, the system works. But that must be it. That must be, that That has to be the explanation. Of course, you know, there, there's no other explanation, right? Safe and effective. I mean, it's like crazy, mm -hmm. dude. I mean, <laughs> you have to go and have evidentiary basis for your assertion. Like, oh, I, I, I ran an independent poll 
uh, we reached out to 100 medical organizations and they all reported that they never heard of theirs until the COVID vaccines rolled out and that they were told that theirs is only for the COVID vaccines. <laughs> Where is the data? Where is the study? Because I've done the opposite. I've done the study. I know what, <laughs> getting too excited here. But no, no. I've, no done, I've, I've done the study. I, you know, I paid money to, to actually find out for sure. Mm-hmm. Is there over report? Right. So we got it. We bought a list, had a professional pollster write the questions. He sent it out and he said, basically, they're reporting the same rate that they always were for forever. There's no difference here. We even sent the data to Jeffrey Morris, UPenn professor Jeffrey Morris, who claims he's a truth seeker. Never heard anything from mm-hmm. Morris on that. Isn't that strange? It goes against the narrative, and Mr. Truth Seeker himself basically says nothing when he's got the data. He's got the same data that we got, and he's asking his questions like, what about this, and what about this, and what about this? This guy's not truth-seeking. He is seeking confirmation right. of his exactly. beliefs. Exactly. That's what he's doing. There's no, there's no doubt about it. And when I bring up anything that goes against his belief system, it's like can't it's it's like you can't uh, shake it, right? Truth right. seekers are spo- look when you when you have Maddie DeGary who was injured in that that Pfizer trial, mm-hmm. and she is paralyzed. Twenty four hours after she got the vaccine, she's paralyzed. So you know, healthy young twelve year old girl, twenty four hours after she gets the vax. She can't walk off the bus. Right. She can't walk off the bus. And it goes downhill from there. And she's a paraplegic right now, yeah. maybe becoming a quadriplegic. And it's just horrible. She has to uh, eat through a feeding tube. And what happened to her is, is a, a complete disaster. She never even got like any interest at all from Pfizer to reach out to her saying, hey, hey sorry, what, you know, what happened to you? You know, they, they, of course, Paul, we don't think it's the drug, but, you know, anyway. Um, they also wrote you know, down look, just stomach ache on the report, which is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and so I provided to the attention of Janet Woodcock, who said, yeah, we'll investigate. And the family never got a call from right. the FDA, from the CDC or the NIH. Now, that is unconscionable. Yes. Well, and I, I would add to this. I know you and, know this. But those- Morris has no problem with this. He says, well, it's not proven yet. And if they have a court case and it's proven in court that there was fraud, then I'll have to consider that. That's not what a truth teller does. I mean, give me, give me a break. You know, yeah. well, the, the mother has testi- testi- testified numerous times in front of nim- numerous bodies about the process. It's obvious the way this went down. And what I was going to say was, I know you know this, but for those that are listening, maybe new to this, don't forget that the, the report, HHS, Harvard, found that in a general sense, there's under reports. You know, it's about one percent of the total in the UK. It was somewhere around nine, 10 percent. And so to argue that it's now suddenly over reporting. It just it doesn't add it, it is an assumption in the direction of what you want to find. It's your confirmation bias, you know, and it's very frustrating, as well as the fact that we've seen in the past with swine flu. They've pulled these things based on the assumption. I think Dr. Rain from the UK uh, MHRA all, in 2006 was on the record saying we don't even need to prove these. It's just the signals when they're too high. We pull it. You know, it, it just it's absurd to argue that it's somehow different today. You know, what, why do you, how do you think they can get away with such a dramatic shift on a dime with the, you know, where you can look back and prove that what they're saying today completely contradicts what they said just before COVID started? How is that even possible? And you're, they're, they're, they're on a mission. Joe Biden says, I want a needle in every arm, and they're on a mission to make Joe happy. <laughs> Simple enough. <laughs> I do think it goes much bigger than Biden and, and one party personally, but I definitely think yeah. that it's obvious. I, I wanted to talk about a c- few more things before we uh, end here in general. I want to talk about the the catch-alls in general and what your thoughts are on things like SIDS, SADS, long COVID. You know, do you think these are just becoming kind of just a dumping ground for anything unexplainable, which is yeah, technically sure, what sure. they are, but look, go ahead. Sudden, if you hear, if you hear about a young person who dies suddenly, as Peter McCullough would say, it's the vaccine in, until proven otherwise. Mm-hmm. Because that's what the stats show. I mean, I've done death surveys. I ask people, hey, you know, tell me about, 
Have you heard of a death? Do you know of somebody who died? Tell me about the death. And what's interesting is that if you've been vaccinated, you're like 10 or 20 times more likely to die suddenly than if you're unvaccinated. Shocking. Now, how's that possible, Ryan? How is that even possible? It's like, you know, a factor of 10 or so more. I mean, that's impossible if the vaccines are safe and effective. Right. How can it, how can there be a correlation like that? Because they're not safe and effective. <laughs> I think that's pretty, pretty clear. You know, I mean, it, this is the BMJ uh, peer reviewed study finding the, the net harm in a general sense for the boosters, you know, so this stuff's there. I mean, as you're saying, the data is obvious. And I think it's very clear that even whether it's booster or not, or all from the very beginning, which I think people know is my opinion, I think it's obvious that we're at a point now where there is a, a gigantic level of willful ignorance to not engage with what's currently being found as we're saying. And I think, th I think that's criminal. I don't think this is just choosing to miss it or applying the CDC's narrative. I think there's a, a scared level of willful ignorance to hide from this because of accountability, because of a lot of different reasons. And I, I just, I think that's really important people to understand because that it's, I, there's a level of accountability that's not able to be had if we give them the benefit of the doubt at an authority level. You know what I mean? And I think that's important. And I'm not saying we know for sure that they know, but that's got to be figured out and explained, in my opinion, to, to, to where this goes, especially with the fact that we're now seeing that, you know, spike protein, mRNA, all these things are not just staying in your shoulder muscle, that they are spreading and then often being discussed. You could argue it hasn't been verified, but possibly shedding. Right. And I think that's a big problem we're at today. So I guess I want to end today in general with you asking about that that future of this. You know, because I know we're all very skeptical and I think the evidence is clear, which you agree that these are dangerous right now. But where right. do you stand on the future of the mRNA direction, the universal vaccines, like specifically for for tailored cancer injections for mRNA and and bivalent, trivalent shots? And that's all the stuff they're talking about right now. Where do you where do you see that going forward? Well, um, mRNA technology is a, a two edged sword. Mm -hmm. uh, and. The, the problem with it, it's so uncontrolled, right? When you inject these things, because of the nature of the carriers and the lipid nanoparticles and the polyethylene glycol and so forth, it doesn't stay in the injection site. It goes all over the body. So all over the body, you're expressing an antigen, which the body is then trained to attack. And so it's, it, it then thinks heart muscle is bad. I mean, that's, that's crazy. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's really innovative technology, but it's out of control. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, because you have to encapsulate it. Otherwise it doesn't survive and gets killed off. But right. if you encapsulate it, the, the flip side is it goes into your brain, goes into your heart, goes into your lungs. And that's bad. And so without that, without that it's, it's, it's a two-edged sword. Yeah, it's really yeah. effective. You know, we can engineer it very quickly. We can do the gene sequences very quickly and program them in. And it's neat because you inject it and then your body is making the antigen for you as opposed to giving the drug company the responsibility for making the antigen in the lab, essentially in the manufacturing process, and then injecting that antigen into you. What it does is, is it bypasses that by just injecting you with instructions and has your body make the antigen for the drug company. It's like, hey, you're, you're now a you know, slave to the drug company and creating the, the antigen to go and, and protect you. Now, if it could be localized to the arm, that might be a, a, an interesting um, uh, way to vaccinate people and give people an antigen to prep their immune system to respond to that. And you know, that would, there'd be a lot of, uh, that would make a lot of sense, but it's not the way it is today. Mm -hmm. And we don't have the technology where it's, it's, it's localized and anybody taking, like there was, I got this thing from CVS inviting me to take place, <laughs> to take a part in a, a clinical trial of an MRNA um, influenza uh, slash COVID shot. No thanks. And and I, I, I took I took that, that invitation and I put it up on Twitter and I said, run away as fast as you possibly can. Exactly. Do not even think about participating in this trial 
<laughs> and and you know what they did? They changed the law so that they don't have to test on on rats anymore. Oh, they in general, should... so just go right to humans, kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. yeah because it, it would be inhumane. Jeez. To I, mean, I don't disagree animals. with that in general, but I think this is a a, a manipulation ultimately. To it's, I mean, it's like it's not humane to test an animal, so we're going to test in humans instead. I mean, look, it it had been it it. I would have had more respect for Congress had they said, okay, look, it's inhumane to test in animals, so all new drugs should be tested on members of Congress who voted for this bill. <laughs> and here's a list of the members of Congress who voted for this bill. Yeah. Because that way we would, you know, not be testing on humans. We would be <laughs> testing on members of Congress who voted for the bill first before it is injected into a single human being. And so that would not be inhumane. Right? Yeah. I, I, I love that. On hilarious. But, but that's assuming we're being told the truth about what they're being given and so on. Right. There's all these conversations there, but well, I think- we, we were given non GMP vaccine. There were 20, at least 25 million non-GMP uh, vaccines. So that means it wasn't made to quality standards. Mm, uh, right. And anytime you inject something or even give person is someone a drug to swallow, which is not the same as injecting, per- injecting people is like really invasive. Okay, mm. swallowing is not nearly as invasive. But the point is that anything that you swallow, any drug that you give people in America has to be GMP. Except for the vaccine. Of course. Of course. It can be non-GMP. And nobody, nobody, Ryan, complains about this. Like, nobody's raising a stink. I'm livid. Right. I'm livid. They injected me with something that could have been non-GMP. I mean, give me a break. I mean, and I wasn't informed. I am livid right. about that. Right. I mean, this is, this nobody is why- in the medical, nobody in the entire medical community, I've not seen anybody, not even Vinay Prasad, is like writing an op-ed to say, well, I think it's kind of bad that we were injected with non-GMP drug. I mean, again, I, I can't, I, the same point, I just cannot hear that without hearing that at some level, somebody is aware of that and turning a blind eye to it. Knowing people they do, they turn, they right. turn a blind eye. I, I've been in Twitter spaces where I bring up the CDC. Hey, you know, corruption. This is the, the CDC sat on, 770 safety signals and said nothing, including death. And they said nothing to the American public. And I said, will you call out the CDC on that? And you know what these Twitter doctors said? Oh, you know, in New York, um, we had a pandemic and the doctors were trying to treat patients as well as they could. I mean, it had nothing to do with the question. It was a yes or no question. I could not believe that these people would take an important yes or no question and then completely change the topic as if I was asking a different question. Like a White House press briefing, right? (laughs) Same thing. It is unbelievable. It shows you that there's a level of awareness, though. That's what that shows you, in my opinion. It's a choice to sidestep, gracefully or not, the point. So you don't have to engage with something that reveals that you're aware that there's a problem, but don't want to engage with it. This is this is the crux of what gets called conspiracy theory from the corporate level. And a lot of ways gets kind of conflated with things that are obviously a little you know subjective and unproven, but that's real right there. And I think that is a smaller a- edge of a larger problem that goes all the way to the top. And I think that's the bigger point here. So again, the one, I guess in the one extension of the last question is more so about the universal direction right? Not just mRNA as a product, but the rather the way that this is going and the way they've already done it with the bivalent, just the platform. We're to give us the new genetic code. We'll pump it in. We'll pump it out. We don't need any safety trials. We can use the, I, that's an alarming reality. And that's where these are all going forward. So whether yeah, it's a yeah. regulatory thing or the intentions behind the companies, we're on a fast track right now to continue to do what we just described. Yeah. As we're, we're, we're harming, we're, we're harming a lot of people with these vaccines. This is why I quit my job. Yeah. I had a nice, nice, cozy job in the high tech industry. I was, I was, you know, working on new technology, really cool in the crypto space. And it's like, I, I quit my job for the same reason Bobby Kennedy said, you know, he switched over to being anti-vaxxers because I had no choice. Yeah. Like I could see the data is really clear and it's like, all my friends think I was nuts. I mean, I tried to warn my friends and, and they would, um, my friends would then call up my wife and say, is Steve okay? I think he's lost it. 
gosh. You know, and to my face, they say, thank you. Thank you so much for, for warning us, you know? And then what they're really doing is they're calling up my wife saying, I think he's mentally lost. Gosh, see th- this, I guess. So this, this was a, a kind of an ending thought on this, I guess. This is where we see this going. I wasn't gonna, even going to get into it, but the, the, the Peter Hotez discussion or any of them claiming that what we're doing right now, not even, not even actions, but just having this conversation is killing more people than global terrorism, as well as a lot of things he listed off. So what are your yeah. thoughts on that agenda? Not just about the vaccine, but where that goes, words or violence and, yeah. and how you're being framed in this regard. You know, P- you know, I, I challenged Peter to debate <laughs> and he blocked me. Of course he did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't even, I didn't even challenge him to debate on Twitter. I emailed him with his direct email. And he then, the, within hours, I was blocked on Twitter. Just cowardice. This That's is my the, opinion. This is the way they deal with this. This is the, their death and their their way of dealing with scientific conflict is is censorship. Exactly, exactly. Which is where this is going. Which is what's happening right now. You know, it's so I, I think where that goes ultimately is creating a situation where they can argue that by having this conversation, we just killed people, and. It's only one small step away from using that to arguably say somebody should be arrested for it. Biden's executive order around domestic terrorism included the concept of COVID misinformation, right? So it's just a very scary direction as the science, the effort, the information is backing up what we're doing. And the government is pushing back even harder on the idea that what we're doing is hurting people. And I think I think it's very important that people out there continue to question everything that's in front of us, continue to yeah. you know, use resources like, for instance, Steve's Substack. And the information he's presenting there, the conversations, there was an, a humorous one they just put up about the Kaufman Institute for coincidence and how it's showing people that, you know, consp- coincidence theories or coincidence theorists. I love that. I think we should start calling people that that push back on this because same kind of derogatory term that has no basis. You know, it's just it's ridiculous, but I love it. So check out his Substack. check out his Twitter feed in general. Make sure you're following the information because. This is what we need to continue to do is collect, discuss, have engaging conversations, even if we disagree on certain parts of this and and broaden our understanding. So thank you for being here today, Steve, and, and engaging with this and continue to push back. I really appreciate what you're doing out there. Anything else you want to leave us with today? Upcoming events, interviews, anything coming your way? Man, you know, don't get the vax. Try to convince your your friends not to get the vax. And the best way to do that is not to challenge them, not to challenge their belief system, but just ask them, like, like, just pretend you're a dummy and you say, hey, I just read that there are 15,000 excess tests in the VAERS system. What's that about? Like, what's causing that? And then when they say, oh, that's just overreporting," And then you say, uh, so where's the evidence for that? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you, you basically got to get people to think that their beliefs, you got to get people to question their belief system, but you can't do, do that by telling people that they're wrong. Mm-hmm because they'll immediately shut off. Instead, you pretend that you're the dummy and that they are the expert because they love to be the expert. They love to educate you on how smart they are. And then you ask them questions that they can't answer. Right. Like, hey, isn't isn't like, do you think that the best way to resolve differences of opinion between qualified scientists is to censor the other guy? Like, since when... And where's the clinical trial on that one? Hey, that six foot rule. Can I was curious, where's the science where the CDC came up with that six foot rule? Because it came up in a meeting where they're sitting around saying, hey, maybe we should do social distancing. What do you think the distance should be? Oh, one guy said, oh, I should be thinking it'd be two feet. I said, no, that, that sounds too short. Oh, it should be 60 feet. You know, that'll be adequate. Actually, it is adequate. Um, in a lot of cases. Um, but no, no, that, that's too big. That's, that's not practical. How about six feet? Yeah, that sounds about right. That's the science behind the six foot rule. Right. See, I I was just talking about somebody else the other day, and I think it's interesting. You know, really, the point is getting them to think they came to the conclusion as opposed to you giving it to them. But I think that's the important part there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't challenge them. You have to go and ask them to help you understand, and you have to play the dummy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's true because they've been so heavily propagandized to push back. Yeah. On. So the moment yeah, you yeah, trigger yeah. that red flag, they're just shutting off. Right, right. You know? That's right. That's right. 
And so, but all these people loved to show how smart they are and how they've been listening to CNN and following Sanjay Gupta and, you know, listening to Laura, uh, 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 Lena Wen and, you know, uh, <laughs> Monica Gandhi and, you know, repeating the, 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 the taglines. And then when you, as soon as you ask them like a, a question about that, oh, so if that's the case, then how do you explain that one? And then it's like, well, I've got to go. Yeah. Um, hey, talk to you later. Or I, uh, I don't know, uh, but there's some reason, right. you know. They start, they start sensing that maybe this guy's challenging me. I mean, I'm not going to yeah. chime in, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm glad you said that because it's, super, yeah. it is, it's very important that we do our best to try to reach these people because we right. were all lost at one point at some yeah. other different bearings, time frames. You know, it's, we just got to try to, to reach them. Every yeah. And it's funny. You know, people are very defensive, right? Yeah. You, if you ask people, Hey, I was curious, wh- wh- why are you wearing a mask? Is that to protect you against COVID? And he said, yeah, yeah, it's to protect me against COVID or, what they a lot of people do is say, well, it makes me feel more comfortable, right? Because you can't argue with people's feelings. Right, right. Uh, and, oh, that, isn't that interesting? Wow. As, as soon as, like, were you wearing a mask before COVID? Because you felt more comfortable with the face mask over you? Oh, no. Um, what, what, what kind of change to make you feel more comfortable? Right. Well, you know, and then it's about, well, it reduced my chance. Well, so do you know how much it reduces your chance? No, but it reduces my chance. Right. You, you know, <laughs> so, I, I let it simmer. I, my, the hope is that they can connect the dots. And then yeah, my joke exactly. is to come back two yeah. years later and be like, hey, Steve, did you, hear, did you see that masks don't work? It's like, yeah, we told you that two years ago, but I'm glad you got there. You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for being here today, man. I, I appreciate sure. the conversation and uh, hopefully we connect in the future. And uh, yep. as always, everybody out there, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, don't believe me. Just use my substack and look at the data that I point you to and come to your own conclusions. Exactly. That's all we ask, you know, there you go. But <laughs> the CDC will never say that. Exactly. All right. Well, we'll see you next time guys. Okay. All right.